You are listening to Rootbound, a podcast about plants for when you're stuck inside. This episode of Rootbound is brought to you by Pollen. Haven't sneezed in a while? Try Pollen! Pollen always... <laughs> pollen always... <laughs> pollen. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Rootbound. My name is Steve. And since we have 20 episodes under our belt now, I thought it'd be a good time to do a little bit of housekeeping, go over a few things that maybe we haven't talked about in a while. And so that's what we're going to do at the top of the show today. And the first thing I want to talk about is, is how the show works. I haven't talked about that at the beginning of an episode in a while. And so if you're new to the show, how Rootbound works is each week I bring on a guest and that guest tells me about a plant that means something to them. And then I tell the guest about a plant that means something to me. And through this process, we can all learn more about plants and learn more about each other. Though occasionally we do have a special episode. And on a special episode, you will hear this sound. And that means that the guest has chosen a plant that is on my secret list of plants. And if a guest chooses one of those plants, we only talk about one plant that day. And it makes it a special episode. And that's why I play the sound. And spoiler alert, today is one of those episodes. And we've had one other special episode, which was episode 20, the last episode, and that was an episode about spring, and we just talked about spring and how it applies to plants in general. I also had on three guests instead of just one, so it was pretty fun, and I plan to do that on a season-by-season basis. So that's how the show works. Another thing I wanted to talk about was a little bit of my philosophy with the show, and I think the, the main principle is I think that everybody, maybe it's universal, has a plant or plants, but at least one plant that means something to them. And the more I record these episodes, the more and more I feel that is true. And so if you have a plant that means something to you and you want to talk about it on the show, please reach out to me, rootboundpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at rootboundpodcast. I'd love to talk to anybody who has a plant that means something to them they want to talk about. And uh, that's, that's, I think, a really interesting thing about the show is, yeah, everybody seems to have a plant that means something to them if you just think about it a little bit. And it doesn't have to be, it's not a huge, not always like a groundbreaking thing that means something to them. Sometimes it can be small, but because plants are so key to this planet and life on this planet, uh, if you think about it a little bit, I think everybody has something like that they can talk about, which I found very interesting as we've recorded these episodes. Another thing I want to talk about is that I am not a plant expert. I said this early in some of the episodes, but I just want to reiterate that now. I have no formal background in like botany or anything like that. I'm just super into plants, and this podcast is a great way for me to learn more myself. This is kind of a learning process for me, and I hope that it can be a learning process for you as well. So thank you for joining me on this process. And on that note, though, I I am bound to make mistakes. I probably have made mistakes in earlier episodes, so if there's anything that I got wrong, please send me a message, rootboundpodcast at gmail.com or at rootboundpodcast on Instagram. I really want to know about any mistakes I've made. And on that note, there's two mistakes that I've noticed myself, both of them pronunciation-based. On one episode, I was talking about the layers of a tree, and I kept calling it cambrium, but the actual word is cambium. I don't know why my brain kept saying cambrium. I think I was mixing Cambridge and cambium somehow. Uh, But anyway, the real word is cambium. That's the layer 
in a tree that is responsible for producing either bark or phloem. It's kind of like where growth of trees come from. And I also mispronounced in the episode about ivy and monstera, I mispronounced the word facaden because there was a cool website I found called Fassadengrün, which is a website about green facades. And that's the German word for facade, is facaden. I kept saying the word facinden, which I don't think is even a German word. I think I just made it up. But if it does mean something, I don't know what it means. But yes, those are my two corrections I have. But if you have any other ones, please let me know. And lastly, I wanted to say that if you like the show, please share it with anybody. Please share it on social media. Let people know about it. You can also rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. And you can also follow me on social media. All those things help more people find the show. And if you're liking the show, I'd be really happy if you share it with as many people as possible. And I think that's all the housekeeping we have for today. And so on that note, let's get on to our guest today. What else is in the teachers of peaches? Huh, what? Hi, Imka. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me. Um, do you have a plant to share with us today? I do. I have my mini peach tree. You have a mini background. peach tree? Well, that means I have to play this. Do you know what that means? I do not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, wait. It's... I do, actually. What does it mean? It... Does it mean that you were also planning on talking about peaches and peach trees? It's true. That sound means that it's a special episode because you have chosen a tree that is on my secret list of plants. And so it's going to be a special episode with only one plant, and it is the peach. So you will talk about peach, and then at the end I'll come in with my personal stories about peach and maybe a few other fun facts that um, uh, I, I may happen to have in my back pocket. Awesome. Sounds great. Great. All right, let's um, talk about the peach. And that is a that is a mini peach tree. I can see it in the background. The audience can't, but it is really cute. It is. It's like half a meter tall. <laughs> yeah. Which is metric since I'm in Europe. That's um, okay. The audience yeah. can Google the conversion. <laughs> I'm actually glad that you're also going to talk about peaches because the first thing you need to know about my mini peach tree is that I know very little about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've, I've had it for a few years now, and I've actually had to um, to read up on it before coming on the podcast. Um, yeah, as I said, I got it a few years back. Um, I got a new balcony that I wanted to put some plants on. And um, while at the plant store, I saw this, this weird little tree with uh, red leaves. And it was the end of May, so um, it wasn't blooming anymore. And um, I didn't even realize that it was a peach tree until a few months later when little peaches started coming up. Oh my gosh, I was going to ask you, does it produce tiny peaches? Absolutely. It's a mini peach tree and the tree is mini, but the peaches are as well. Oh, and, so uh, cute. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, so, what, so when you were deciding to buy it, what attracted you to buying that little tiny tree? Actually, the small um, Bordeaux red um, leaves that it has in in early, well, in late spring, I guess, from May to end of June, um, until the uh, the leaves reach full size, they will be a dark red, and then they will turn green. 
That is interesting. And looking at it in the background now, yes, the leaves are, it's a little bit hard with like the video compression, but they're not green. They're like, like a dark maroonish, yeah, burgundy was a good example, like red wine color. It's really cool. My, my peach definitely does not look like that. So that, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that's uh, it's color. It's, it's spring color tone. And also you can't really see it now because it got a lot bigger. Um, but it actually has the shape of um, a uterus and ovaries, oh. <laughs> which is kind of funny. Well, my friend who was with me thought that it looked sort of like a bull uh-huh. shape, but being a feminist, I uh, I just thought like a uterus and ovaries. And Those um, are similar shapes. They are. Yeah. And I just thought it was kind of cool, so I bought it and I put it on my balcony and I knew nothing about it, so I basically just watered it for the first year. And then it sprouted these mini peaches um, that I tried eating. You can harvest them in September. <coughs> but I did not know this. So I started harvesting them in August and uh, they were disgusting. <laughs> um, so I just always assumed that they were not edible. And then one of my cats, Honey, started uh, picking the disgusting little peaches and playing <laughs> with them. <laughs> I, I suppose she thought they were similar to mice because they're really fuzzy and kind of crunchy when you bite them. And uh, she was having a ball with these peaches, just picking a new one every time the other, one, the old one <laughs> got mushy and weird. And um, so, yeah, I just thought, okay, this is Honey's peach tree now, you know, she gets to enjoy it. And I get to sit in its shade um, in August and... Um, I just let it live, <laughs> even though it wasn't really doing anything for me. But then um, came winter, that first year, and um, I had some trouble at work um, because of a uh, a sexist boss, and I had to to find a new job. <clears throat> and it was just a really really tough winter. And then in spring, in early spring, as early as March. I stepped out onto my balcony and I was really, really stressed and um, really getting down on myself because I, I couldn't find a new job that suited me. And I stepped out on the balcony in the morning and I saw that the peach tree was blooming. Mm. And I was completely knocked off my socks because of that, because for some reason that just wasn't on my radar that I had a fruit tree on my balcony and then it was going to eventually bloom and then produce more peaches. And um, yeah, ever since, um, the peach tree has kind of become my indicator for spring. Mm-hmm. It blooms really early, earlier than anything else in the area. <coughs> and um, it will always bloom on March 1st, which... Um, Giving everything that happens um, in life during, I guess, winter, um, when you're forced to stay inside and uh, it's cold and dark and gray, um, the mini peach bloom is my indicator that that time is now over and the happy time is starting. And that, that is what the mini peach tree personally means to me. That's really interesting. I have a very similar experience, not to move away from your fun facts immediately, but our peach tree, we have a peach tree in our yard, which I'll talk about more a little bit later. But similarly, when we bought this house, I didn't realize it was a peach tree, <laughs> like you didn't know. 
I didn't know what it was. I was trying to figure it out, and it did have these little green things on it, but I thought they were some kind of nut or something, because, like, when they're small, they're green, and, you know, it's hard to imagine them becoming a peach, and it wasn't until, like, a few months later when we are actually moving in, I was like, oh, this is a peach tree. Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, But I had no idea about peaches, and we also missed the the blooming, so it wasn't until that first spring we lived here that all of a sudden the tree just explodes in, in these beautiful pink blossoms. And is, is, as you said, the first thing to bloom and really the indicator of spring. And one thing I really like in that time is when we were walking up to the house from the metro station, we have to go up this hill and you just, the first thing you see in our yard is this little like crest of pink because it's kind of higher than everything when you're coming up the hill and you can see, oh, there's the the, the peach tree. So yeah, it's a very similar meaning, I think for us of like, it's springtime now and, and, and good times are ahead. So uh, I, I thought that I thought those two uh, parallels of, of one the meaning of spring, but also the fact that neither of us realized it was a peach tree when we first had them. Which <laughs> I thought was funny. Anyway, yeah, do you have some fun facts and dazzling details about peaches? I do. I have some fun facts and dazzling details about uh, peach tree pests. Oh, cool! Because uh, since it's on my balcony and it's kind of short, I have like a very clear sight of what pests are interested in it. And uh, one thing that I find personally really interesting is I did read up that aphids actually love the peaches, mm. but I have lots of aphids on my balcony um, and uh, really need, needed to figure out how to get rid of them, which I did by buying um, ladybug larvae mm. uh, eventually. And I, I put them out um, in May when it's getting warm, warmer. But interestingly, the aphids uh, do not care for my mini peach tree so i don't know if it's a species or if they just have other stuff that they're interested in but um they do not affect it however (laughs) earwigs love the mini peach tree and they will really munch on it and uh, the only way i have of removing them is uh, by picking them up and throwing them off the balcony (laughs) (laughs) so and this has become known to me since francis francis doesn't help you with those Earwigs? He does not no. help me in the earwig wars. <laughs> <laughs> Francis is just a cat, about to start. by the way, audience. Francis is a cat. <laughs> yes, Francis is a very fluffy kitty who yeah, is yeah. a relation to Stephen Carla's cats. Who have come up on Yon. the show before as well. Yes, they're, they're uh, half-brothers, yeah. half most likely. Uh, it's hard <laughs> to say. They do come from the same small farm um, off the lake of, uh, uh, near the Lake of Zurich. Um, yeah, well... Yeah, well, it, it runs in the family because Muon is no good with um, with bugs either. He just stares at them, so. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, so so aphids are no problem, but the earwigs, any other pests that are getting at your your peach? Um, stink bugs. Oh. Also a big, and then they get into the peaches, and I also can only remove them by picking them up and uh, throwing them off the balcony. And they will keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like killing things, mm-hmm. even if it's stinky bugs. So <laughs> it's just an ongoing process of uh, yeah. picking stink bugs and earwigs off my mini peach tree. Yeah, that's that's uh, really interesting. Um, yeah, that that's a, a fun battle. I mean, yeah, having a garden is always like a battle against uh, insects. And similarly, I don't like killing things i don't like using harsh things so i often just kind of <laughs> end up letting nature do its thing and I, things are pretty resilient like are we, i think i did have some issues with a 
perhaps I'm not sure. I'm just kind of like going from memory here of this of this bug called the plum curculio, which is a, a insect that attacks things in the stone fruit family, and you could see places where there was like sap coming out of the or resin coming out of the tree where it was damaged, and I was worried that the tree was going to like die or something, but it was fine. The next year it was fine. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't had to do any major pest intervention on my peach, but uh, other things I do, like my plum, I have, a, I have an American plum tree, and it's just right now, was just, I just realized the other day, just covered with aphids, so many aphids, I was like, oh, oh my, my gosh. So I, I went, I need to actually try the ladybug thing, but I did, there's a thing that you, you can apparently like do diluted soap water and spray them. And the I soapy have tried that. Yeah. Yeah, the, because the soapy water is going to um, block their breeding. Yeah, apparently. Right? Something like that. Um, I've tried that and it didn't work and the normal plants were soapy. But do you know <laughs> the best thing about uh, ladybug larvae? They yeah, are tell awesome. me about they the larvae. I've yeah. never, I've, I've, people buy like actual ladybugs here, but I've actually never heard about buying the larvae. The larvae are so much more fun because, first of all, they look nothing like ladybugs. They look like something out of uh, Star Wars that would like to munch on Han Solo. They're like <laughs> these uh, little, you know, sort of black bugs um, with with spikes and, and orange dots. And they just look extremely um, uh, munchy and dangerous and also... They are active hunters, so oh. you can put them on your plants, and then in the evening when it's not too hot, um, they don't like direct sunlight, which is also something that makes them even more gruesome. <laughs> they come out in the evening and at night, and then you can observe them hunting down aphids and popping wow. them like balloons. It's, <gasps> it's really gruesome and fun to watch. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I, I, I have to get that. That sounds, that sounds great. Um, yeah, I have to check on, on just if I have a bunch of soapy aphids now or if that actually works. I did that yesterday. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I will look into the larva part because that sounds really, really fascinating. Um, yeah, and then you end up having lots of ladybugs. Yeah, that's pretty end. cool. That's pretty cool. Um, and I did, we, you know, in the fall, we end up having like a little bit of a ladybug. It's 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 a weird problem to have like too many ladybugs inside. Like they happen to come in the house in the fall, but I haven't seen enough in the yard right now. And yeah, the 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 plum tree is really just I don't know. This aphids love this American plum. I, it happened last year too on the <laughs> other plum tree. So I don't know. Um, do you have any other fun facts or dazzling details about peaches? Um, I do actually. Um. The, I think the second or third year, I was actually completely overwhelmed by the mini peach harvest because by then I realized that I would have to collect them in late September. Uh-huh. And they would be actually kind of sweet, not as real peaches. They are still mini, mm. um, but uh, kind of edible, really. Uh, but um, that one year, there were so many of them. Um, and, and they go bad really fast. They keep for like three or four days and mm -hmm. then they go mushy and weird and uh, not tasty. So I had to figure out what to do with them. And um, uh, I, I stumbled upon this uh, American recipe for peach cobbler. Which, Wonderful, yes. Yeah, which is delicious, but not something we really do a lot in Europe. We uh -huh. do pies and cake, uh, but cobbler was something new to me. 
And it is also a fun fact that um, in my life, September is now Imke Peach Cobbler. Oh, time. that's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, cobblers are, are, are really cool. And I think they're a classic American because it's just like a lazy pie. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. So easy to make. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Easy to spike. Uh, you mm. can add whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It will just make it more delicious and more so. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can add ice, ice cream. cream. Yeah. Yes, great with ice cream. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> um that that's cool yeah i was gonna talk about well i i thought about mentioning peach cobbler but then i forgot to look up why it's called peach cobbler do you did you know why it's called cobbler i do not i think this this might be apocryphal i think it's because it's cobbled together <laughs> i think that's at least what i think but the audience you can google it and maybe there's another reason because you know cobbler is someone who makes shoes but cobbling together also means like to <laughs> pull stuff together from a bunch of different sources i think that's why but maybe that maybe not sense. yeah um uh so yeah that that's really cool um i have some other peach things we could talk about if, if that's okay yes please okay so our peach tree as i said i didn't know it was a peach tree when we when we moved in but but then it really like had so many peaches it's amazing how many peaches a tree can produce um, which I didn't know, and I had to learn about, and I don't know if you do this with yours, I had to learn about of thinning the peaches. So when the peaches first come, there's too many, and you actually have to take some of the green ones off early, or else the peaches won't reach their full size because they can only grow to when they hit another peach. So they'll be smaller if you don't thin them. And also, which I learned really one year, the first year wasn't this bad. I think it's because I had the issue with the insects, so there wasn't as many peaches. But two years ago, the tree produced so many peaches that it it cracked itself under its own weight in in several places. Oh my god! And I didn't. I thought I thinned it enough, but apparently not enough. That it was like weighing itself down, and eventually, like a big branch cracked off in a few places, and I had to go in and prune a ton. So this now I need to be really more aware of like, gotta thin those peaches early. I don't need as you know many peaches as the tree can produce, <laughs> and I think it just has to come down to the fact that. Uh, these peaches that have been bred for like, you know, garden purposes have just been selectively bred over time to just be massive producers and more than they would ever like produce in a natural setting because they're, they've been bred to, to make peaches for us. But yeah, I was just blown away by how many peaches and like just seeing the whole thing way down. And then after I pick the peaches, having it like be back up is, is really, uh, incredible. Um, I actually do not have this issue because oh. Honey, my cat, still <laughs> likes to steal the peaches and play with them. So she does the thinning for me. Oh, it's maybe you should get get the cats out in the garden to do some peach thinning for me. That's really wonderful. Um, that yeah, wow. Um, and then as far as using a lot of peaches, I I've only done this once, and it was only because my grandma was living with us for a while. And she was teaching us how to can peaches. So we have, you know, jars. We still have some jars of peaches from a year ago. Um, I need to do that more. It, it, is, it is a lot of work and you have to like get into it, but it's a cool way to preserve peaches. And then it's really easy. You know, you can make peach pie and peach cobbler and stuff from the canned peaches too. And you can do it, you know, in the winter if you want to, which is, which is fun. Um, but True. I need to get better at that. And then the other thing I really want to do this year, I was going to do it last year, but last year, for whatever reason... We, I think we're, we're traveling during peak harvest time. Our peach actually uh, um, matures really early. It, I, I'm not sure what variety it is, but I think it, it's like ready in like July, even late July. 
and we were traveling and i think while we were gone um the squirrels just ate all the peaches so we didn't really get any peaches <laughs> last year um but next year i want to try making peach mead because i'm a beekeeper i have lots of honey and i want to do a mixture of mead and 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 peaches and do like a peach mead which um should be pretty tasty. that sounds delicious yeah so if you come and visit at some point oh, maybe i'll have a bottle of that um yay when it comes to fun facts, um, let's see, where should I start? One, I learned recently, this is a really cool story from, I learned on the podcast of my friend Aja Yasir, who was on our podcast a while back talking about uh, hazelnuts, but she has a podcast called Abundant Living and Gardening, and she had an episode about the Cherokee blood peach, which I'd never heard of. And this Me is neither. a peach. So the peach is native to Asia, and then, you know, it spread through Europe. But, uh, and, you know, was introduced to, um, to the continent I live on. Um, and, you know, uh, Georgia and the South is really known, well, well known for peaches, but those peaches came from, from, you know, Europe. But there is a variety of the peach called the Indian, or Indian blood peach or the Cherokee blood peach that it's, it's history is a little bit curious because there's some accounts of, of, uh, you know, Europeans seeing it growing in places they had not been to before yet, right? Like encountering native people already growing this peach tree. And there's two theories. One theory is that it it got brought into Mexico and then very rapidly traveled up to, you know, the, you know, what is now North America, well, not now the United States. Um, and it was already popular by the time Europeans got to that part of the country, which is possible, especially because one thing that's interesting about this peach tree is it's what is called true to seed. So most most peach varieties, if you want to grow them and have the same variety, you have to graft them, right? You mm-hmm. can't plant the seed of a peach and get the same variety. Yes. But the the Cherokee blood peach, you can plant the seed and get the same variety. So there's a theory that it cool. traveled better because you could just send the seeds and only the seeds had to travel and not graftings. But the other theory, which is interesting, is it's perhaps because of that that ability to, to travel by seed that it actually made it to North America pre-Europeans, and you know, because there right. were these trade networks coming from Asia. You know, there's there's different plants that we know about, particularly like the sweet potato, has moved in in ways that was pre-colonization. Uh, so there's not a ton of evidence of that, but there's not a ton of evidence of the other way either. But this peach tree does exist; it's there. It's true to seed. It has a history with, you know, indigenous peoples here, you know, even groups that, you know, were, had it pre-contact. So a really interesting kind of uh, fruit mystery, historical fruit mystery, which I thought was very cool. And now I have to go try to find some. I really want to try to find some because they're also supposed to be really tasty. Um, And they have these, they're called the blood peach because the the flesh is like bright red, I guess. Or or maybe uh, spotted with bright red. Um... The other peach things I want to talk about, one, these are two kind of funny facts. I was Googling peach, and I ended up on the, the, the um, Wikipedia for the peach emoji, um, which I thought was really funny. And, like, you know, to talk about the meaning of the peach emoji, I think it's appropriate just to read the Wikipedia, which I thought was hilarious. And this is the very first part of the peach emoji. It says, the peach emoji is a fruit emoji featuring a pinkish orange peach. It is one of the most commonly used emojis other than the eggplant emoji. <laughs> that is the first. <laughs> that is what the Wikipedia for, it is. <laughs> for peach emoji says. Anyway, I thought that was funny. Also, I was thinking about the word peach and I thought about, because I live in the United States and we've had, you know, 
two impeachments in the last four years. Um, <laughs> I was like, are those words related? Why is it an impeachment? And so I, I had to Google it, and apparently they have no relation etymologically, the word impeachment and the word peach. The word You might know this because you have a lot of languages in your brain. The word impeachment comes from Latin, a word pedica, so the word it has to do with foot. And pedica apparently was a word for a shackle for your feet, which became oh. the French word empoche, which means to prevent or hinder, and empoche yeah. became impeach. Oh, I did not know that. And it makes a lot of sense for empêcher to, to mean that, impeach, yeah. yeah. And then the word peach is coming from the Latin name, which is prunus persica, which the, the, I guess this was not true, but originally, you know, people who named the peach thought it came from Persia, and the word persica, Persia, became pesh, and then pesh became peach. So they have these different etymological roots that end up sounding the same, but they're unrelated. So nobody is throwing peaches at a president. Oh, yeah, which <laughs> I maybe think we, they should yeah, sometimes. Yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> And then uh, the just the last little thing about peaches, well, maybe a couple other things. One is that I said their, their Latin name is Prunus persica, so that's actually the same genus as plums, cherries, apricots, nectarines, and almonds are all in that same genus, mm-hmm. Prunus, which which is interesting. And they're also a word that that I've come to love from this podcast is the word droop. They are a droop, which is a classification of fruit that has basically stone fruits are droops, but I just like the word droop. Um and then the last one, I, I just, just want, learned uh, a new yeah, cool word. <laughs> yeah, droop. It's a droop. Um, and then the, maybe the last just little piece is, I wonder if this crossed the, the, the Atlantic into Europe. Do you know the song Peaches by the Presidents of the United States of America? Of course I do. I love it. Okay. 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 I was wondering if that was one of those things that never made it. But anyway, uh, I'll definitely be playing that when this segment ends because... I was so hoping you would. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, if you're doing an episode about peaches, you got to play that song. But just an interesting one. And I, I read the, the Wikipedia on that. And, you know, that the, the line, the main line of that song is, I'm going to move out to the country, going to eat a lot of peaches. Apparently, where that came from is the lead singer of the band was like on a bus. And there was like a guy on the bus who was, you know, maybe struggling a little bit. Uh, but he was just speaking to himself over and over again, saying that to himself, <laughs> moving to the country, going to eat a lot of peaches. <laughs> And uh, he thought that was great. And so he turned it into a song. Um, and uh, yeah, anyway, uh, maybe, you know, I, there's apparently lots of other, there's apparently a Justin Bieber song called Peaches I haven't listened to. Um, there's other peaches in uh, in popular uh, popular music, but, but the song Peaches by the Presidents of the United States of America, it's a quality song. So that's definitely what uh, we'll hear after the segment ends. Awesome. It's the best. <laughs> Moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat me a lot of peaches. I think the conversation we just had with Imka proves that you don't have to move out to the country to eat a lot of peaches. You can have a tiny tree on your balcony like Imka, or a tree in your front yard like me, or wherever you can grow one. And I think that's a theme on this podcast. It's fun and fulfilling to grow your own food, and I encourage you to try it. It doesn't have to be a peach tree, it can be any any plant you want to grow. 
If you grow your own peaches, I think you will be amazed by just how many one tree can produce. It may not be millions of peaches, but they are indeed free. Millions of peaches, peaches for me. Millions of peaches, peaches for free. Millions of peaches, peaches for me. Millions of peaches, peaches for free. Look out! My guest on this episode of Rootbound was Imke Schubert. Imke is a balcony gardener from Luxembourg. Rootbound is hosted by me, Steve Ellington. Music by Christian Kriegeskota. Fake ads by David Lani. Rootbound is a podcast about plants for when you're stuck inside, but if you can go outside, Perhaps you could move out to the country and eat a lot of peaches. Hit you! Pollen!